0: Take your Bibles out, if you would, please. Go to the book of Psalm, the book of the Psalms. We're going to be in chapter 15 to read a couple of verses. I want to take the thought out of that passage in Psalm 15, and then we'll go over to the New Testament. We'll read the words of Jesus I'll try to make a couple of application points and we'll go home. That's my plan. Whatever God's plan is, is God's plan, and we'll follow Him. But that's my plan. I'm so glad you're here today. Always encouraging to see faces. Psalm 15, let's start in verse 1, please. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? So, a question directly to God. And the psalmist asked, Who can dwell in your sacred tent? Who can live on your mountain? In other words, who can experience your presence? Who can experience your power? Who can experience your peace? Fair question. I would suggest we all should be asking that. God, who can experience your power? Hey, God, who can actively and dynamically experience your presence? God, how can your peace just totally overwhelm my life? Those are fair questions. God answers. Verse 2, the one whose walk is blameless. I mean that's I mean, are you encouraged by that? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous. Okay, I got, okay, strike two. I mean, this is just real talk, right? I mean, I, I know we all try, and I've suggested many times stop trying and start training. God, who 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 is it? Who are you looking for? Well, the one who walk is blameless and who does, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor, who casts no slur on others, who despiles a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath when it hurts, who does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without wanting anything in return, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, Oh, whoever does those things. Whoever does all that stuff will not be shaken. I wrestled with this passage, not because I didn't believe it, not because I didn't feel like any and all of us aren't empowered to live up to that because of the power of the Holy Spirit of God, amen, but but I wrestled with it because it's a challenging passage to me. Because... What's, what If I could encapsulate it in, into a sentence so that we have something that we can kind of work with during the rest of our time together. The question was asked, who can dwell in your presence? Who can experience your power? Who can have your peace? And, and, and what God responds with is this. The one who has integrity. Th- that, that, that's a virtue that you don't hear much about anymore. Amen. The one who has Integrity. I want to read those verses again now through the lens of what is being said by God that it takes integrity to experience the power, presence, and peace of God. You you can't you can't struggle in the area of integrity and expect to have peace. You you just can't likewise power or the presence of God. And we're going to talk about it when we get to the words of Jesus. But let's read the psalmist's words again through the lens of integrity, okay? Psalm 15, verse 1. Lord, who can dwell in your sacred tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? The one who walk is, whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor, who casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath when it hurts, who does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, whoever does these things will never be shaken. Not occasionally be shaken, will never be shaken. God doesn't throw random words out. If God says it, he means what he says. And he said, will never, will never be shaken. Walk with integrity, you'll never be. I, I'm, I, until somebody says amen, I'm going to keep repeating it because I need to know you get this. If you don't get this part, then I, the rest of the time I'll be wasting my time and yours because this is the key. If you walk with integrity, you can walk. You walk with integrity, you can stand tall. It doesn't mean everything's great in your life. Your circumstances might be a little skewed. I get it. But you won't be shaken. Those around you could fall, but you won't be shaken as long as you have integrity. I read an article just this week. I was at school. I was reading an article, and it was on CNN. I, I, hindsight, I wish I had got, like, actually the, all the facts about it so that I could give them to you so you could look it up. But, but the article went something like this. A, a person lost a wallet with a very large sum of money in it, a very large sum of money, and it was, uh, it was found... And someone returned the wallet with all the money in it. Now, you and I could say, well, yeah, that's, that's what he's supposed to do. You might even say, and I won't argue with you, that that's what I would do. You say, but that's what I would do, Jeff. That's, that's. what got me about this article was, the author of the article was shocked that the person got his money back. Kept going on and on that all the commentators that were, that were commenting on the article were shocked that this person brought the money back to the owner with all the money in it. Comments were saying, man, I can't believe they returned the money! Exclamation point, exclamation point. And I thought to myself, I believe it's tragic that we live in a world where the shock was someone had integrity. Now, I don't know that person, so I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I, I would love to say his name or her name. I don't even know if it was a guy or a girl. But I, but I would love to say their name to give him some credit, but I don't, I don't know them. Somebody listening to this might know this person and say, well, yeah, he returned that, but he's a giant loser. I've said for decades, I'm going to celebrate a success and not just keep bringing up where you keep falling down. We'll talk about that. We'll help you with that. But if you stand for a minute, it's a shame that someone with integrity was blowing minds. And honestly, I don't know why it's a shock that that even bugged me. It didn't bug me. like I wasn't frustrated. It grieved my heart, to be honest. But it shouldn't probably do that because every day I open up a news app or, or I, I, read, I read the uh, Washington Post every day. I mean, I try to stay connected a little bit, but when you read social media and open up the news, you find another leader, another celebrity. Are you with me? Another politician, another everyday person. And sometimes you see it in your friends. Sometimes you'll see it in your family where they're listen, there's just a lack of integrity. So man, I just started going to the Lord with this and I'm like, God, what, what does that even mean? What does it even mean? And I believe he gave me some clarity. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm not going to blow your mind. I want to remind us of who can experience the presence, the power, and the peace of God. It must be someone with integrity, and they will never, ever be shaken. Let's talk about something that's really important to me. Um, I want to start with the question, what is integrity? And I know you see the definition behind me, but I want us to first, it can stay there, but I want to first talk about what it isn't. Because integrity is not perfection. I'll go over here because nobody over there cared about that. I know, you're listening to that noise. I just now got it. I've heard it. I've heard it, so I I don't think about it. That noise is, um, it's a gremlin. (laughs) It's something mechanical, but I don't own any tools or know anything about mechanical stuff. So ask Ben. He knows what's wrong with that. Ask Dwayne. He knows. He has a hammer. <laughs> oh, Sorry, yeah. Ask Amanda. She knows. I want to talk about what it's not. Integrity is not perfection. You don't have to be perfect to walk with integrity. You just got to own it when you're... And and I know we've all seen this and you're like, okay, get, get to the meaty stuff we've never seen before. No, no, we gotta get some of these things right before we can move on, right? So it's not perfection. It, it, to live with integrity doesn't mean you never make a mistake. To live with integrity, uh, it, 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 listen, if that were the case, Jesus would have been the only one to have integrity to ever walk on this planet. What we're looking for in a life of integrity is what we should call an integrated life. And the reason I call it that and what I believe the Lord showed me was we get our word integrity from the word integrated. So let's back it, a little, back it up a little bit. What, what does that mean? Well, it comes from the word integer, which means whole. It means complete. It means one. And here's what I believe I've discovered Again, not that I didn't know it, not that you don't know it, but I want to be reminded and bring it to the foreground of our mind that people who don't walk with integrity, they don't walk with integrity because their life is compartmentalized. That's the only reason you're walking without integrity. Like, well, no, my dad and my grandpa, they struggle with that. Stop it. You've been made brand new in the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen because you needed to be made new and as did I. And I get there are generational things. I'm not downplaying that. And and you can get victory over that. Uh, The the, the Bible promises that in Romans. Amen. You can read 7, 8, and 9, all those great chapters. But the challenge that we face is that our life can be compartmentalized. Thus, we don't know what area we're actually operating in after a while. Integer. Too often our lives can be compartmentalized in how we live, but what God wants us to be is whole. God wants us to be complete. Somebody say amen right there for me. Wants us to be whole, wants us to be complete. We might have a compartment that is our professional life. It's what what I do at work. It's it's what I do in my career. It's what I do around my work folks. And, 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 and unfortunately, another compartment might be your family life. It's how you conduct yourself and the decisions you make when you're around those under your roof. Another compartment can be your social life. You can, have, you can be compartmentalized in your spiritual life. I'm talking to somebody today, but there's one place that we, are, that we can be compartmentalized that no one else can see, and that's your private life. So we're not living as one. We're not living whole, we're not living complete. We're living compartmentalized life and we're living out of those things and not out of the power, the peace. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? When you have a professional life that's different than your spiritual life and you, you that, that that you won't want to offend anyone and please understand Uh, You don't have to go to work carrying your big family Bible with California Jesus picture on it, which, by the way, he didn't look like that. You don't have to go there and have your whole family tree filled out. Yeah, we had one too. I don't even know if you even get those anymore. I have my grandmothers, so yeah. I know that you don't have to go in kicking doors down telling everybody they're going to hell. Please don't do that. If you do say you go to the church down the road because that's not what we do. We share the love of Jesus Christ telling the truth in love. Amen. But if your spiritual life is different than your professional life, you will just act different. You won't want to share your story or your belief system And I know what you're thinking, because I I get it, man. I grew up that way, where everybody in the church said, well, they shouldn't have took God out of the workplace. If you think you are bad enough to take God out of the workplace, you're a bad dude. You can't take God out of nothing. Horrible English, good theology, the way. You can't take God, you can't. You know, well, they took God out of the school. They so did not take God out of the school. Well, they can't pray in the school. What? I mean, what, do they knock you unconscious when you come into place? Because unless they do that, you can pray in school. You can pray on your job. But we don't want to offend someone. Therefore, our spiritual life and our professional life, without even meaning to, with the best of intentions, now we've made compartments. Get to your family life and you keep your family life separate because... Well, you don't want your family to know what you do in private, am I right? Ooh, everybody look down like we're reading. I get it. And then you get to your social life. You got to, you know, you're hanging out, right? I mean, it's just loose. It's like, what's up? That's a compartment. And that's different from what you do in your spiritual life. It's profoundly different. And what I'm saying is without even realizing it, We operate in very compartmentalized ways. And I want to say without hesitation, again, in love, but without apology, that's not integrity. From the very meaning of the word, it's not integrity. Because integrity is whole, it's complete, and it's one. Are you still with me? So as Christ followers, integrity means that we want Jesus Christ to not just be involved in our life, we want him to direct our lives. We want him to lead our lives. We want him to, we want to conduct our lives in every area of our life as one so that it gives glory to the King of kings and Lord of lords. So we're not broken into little compartments where this is the way I am in front of one group. This is what I say in front of another. This is how I conduct myself. No, no. Integrity means this. The state of being complete or whole or undivided. Complete, whole, or undivided. What I found, and a firm adherence to a code. Introduce you to the code. This is the code. Okay, so the state of being complete or whole or undivided or not compartmentalized. What I found with folks, and I talked about this on Deep End uh, Wednesday that just passed, that, that I, I've been just burden with people that quit they they quit too soon they they bail they jump ship they turn their back on god they turn their back on the church they turn their back on the family the friends what i found is this they do that because they can't keep up with the compartments anymore They can't keep up with the compartments, and what happens is one compartment starts to look a little better than the other compartment, so they want to say now, I mean, here's the thing, right? This ain't wrong. This ain't wrong, right? Well, it was wrong or you wouldn't have put it in a compartment. If you weren't ashamed of it, it wouldn't be over here by itself. So now what? Because, see, that's not whole, undivided, or complete. So there's that, there's that reality. See, for a Christ follower, we could say that integrity, and, and this is way simplifying it, but it makes sense to me, so I'll share it with you, that integrity is how you match your behavior with your beliefs. That's integrity. But I don't just mean match your ha- behavior with your belief depending on the compartment you're working out of. I mean, as a whole. I mean, completely. Completely. It's when you show on the outside the true reflection of what's on the inside. Proverbs 10, 9 says, I love this. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Does that kind of sound like we'll never be shaken? Yeah. Use the Bible as its own commentary. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths I'll just, I'll just let you read that to yourself, that last. Because what's done in secret will come to light. Thank you, John, absolutely. What's done in the basement will be shouted from the housetops. Listen, I'm, not as, I'm, I'm less excited about that than you are. Because we all have some stuff. Say amen, Jeff. We all got some stuff. We're going to own our stuff we're gonna change the stuff going forward, amen. By the way, Jesus died for the, all the stuff. Died for the stuff back there, the stuff you're stepping in now, and the stuff you're gonna step in, okay? But we can't keep using that as an excuse to live compartmentalized life and without integrity. Amen and amen. If you've ever done something wrong and you just didn't want anybody else to know, the great fear is like, man, I hope they don't find out. That's not very secure, No, that's that's torture. That's torture. You're wondering and hoping that you don't get caught, that you don't get found out. I, I've never walked in integrity. I'm not gonna stop the sentence there. <laughs> I've never walked in integrity, dot dot dot, or done the right thing, dot dot dot, and worried about anybody finding out about it. And you haven't either. And I know what you're thinking. Okay, this, this is pretty simple. We're, we're moving on. But let's get a little deeper because integrity is different than reputation. See, integrity is not perfection, but integrity is not reputation. Just because your last name is what it is, it doesn't mean that you're walking in integrity just because your daddy did. Oh, but I need to come over here and say, but it also doesn't mean you've got to be jacked up because your daddy was. So if we're going to believe that and shout about that, then we gotta, we gotta own the other stuff too, amen? Because integrity is not reputation. Integrity is not what people think about you. Reputation is what people think about you. Integrity is what God knows about you. There's a difference. There's a difference. Integrity is who you really are. If your goal is to have an integrated life centered around Jesus Christ, then the opposite of that is a word you know and I want to introduce it here, talk about it a little bit, see what Jesus says. The opposite of living an integrated life in Jesus Christ, thus walking in integrity, is hypocrisy. Straight up hypocrisy. It's to be a hypocrite. One of the greatest criticisms of those who are Christians that the world has something about us to say is that we're all hypocrites. I say apologetically to those who feel that way, you're right, and we've earned it. We've earned it. You've been in church more than a week, you know we've earned it. But are we gonna just lay there, or are we gonna do it different going forward? That's the challenge we have in front of us now. Hypocrites, hypocrites. You've heard it said. I didn't invent the saying, but I will repeat it. People aren't rejecting Jesus. They're rejecting the church. Hypocrites. But now put a pin in that for a second. Let me talk to those of you that are in your spirit and in your heart. You're amening the junk out of that because you're like, that's right. Bunch of hypocrites. That's why I ain't going to church. Well, you go to work every day And talk about how much you hate going to work. Everybody around you talks. And then the boss comes in. Hey, Mr. Smith. (laughs) Rick, Rick. What about them Browns? You see that game? (laughs) Good seeing you. I'm like, wait, wait. So it only applies. Oh, that's right. In the compartments that you want it to. Hypocrites. I've already confessed and I admit that I don't do English too good. Especially when I get on a roll preaching. They don't tell water come out of my mouth. But the word hypocrite, we get it. It's a Greek word. And if you already know this, axiak. And if you don't know this, just feel the weight of this. It's the word hypocrites, or, or, or H-Y-P-O-K-R-I-T-E-S. Some say hypocrites. I don't know. Again, I, I'm not a Greek scholar. But if you've ever seen one of those Greek plays, you've seen these, right? That's what that is. See, back in the day, one actor would play several parts. Compart. Mentalized. And when he had to play something else, had to get a new mask. You've probably seen this one, right? Same person could wear the mask, different mask sends a different message. You live out of a different place depending on the mask that you're wearing. Hypocrite. I guess what I want to ask us, and and the the finger points this way too, is, is it okay to be fake? I just, you know what, I just just don't want to burden everybody down with my real life. Two things, one, get new friends, straight up, and and two, it doesn't mean you have to go and be a life sucker, it just means you got to be you whole, complete, and walking with integrity. See, there's a difference. I'm not telling you to go and just start dumping on people everything that's happening in your life. But what I am saying is don't be fake about it. And there's a difference. How about about go to God with it until he tells you to go to someone else with it? Because here's what I found. Present company excluded, none of you even think this way. But here's what I've found. People that keep doing that, they say, I'm just not being hypocritical. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to let everybody know what's going on. No, you're trying to find somebody to agree with the decision you made to get where you are. And, and that's not integrity. Because again, adherence to a Code. It's part of integrity. Are you still with me? What did Jesus say? Hmm. When you read in Scripture, Jesus was harder on hypocrites than the sinners, the prostitutes. You get the idea. It's fascinating to me. Anytime you see him address a hypocrite, he just comes down on them. Not just for living the wrong way, but for claiming to be something they were not. He said in Matthew 23, verse 25 and 26, woe to you, pause, you never want Jesus to open a sentence saying woe. Woe is bad, there you go, woe bad, woe bad. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, exclamation point. He wouldn't, he wouldn't deliver this in some chill, seeker-friendly way. No, he's talking to the people who are living compartmentalized that say, you need to know what you're doing. I see your masks. I, I hear the words you're saying. I see your behavior. And it doesn't line up with what you're hammering everybody else with. So he says, woe to you, teachers of law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like, Jesus didn't raise his voice. Were you here a couple weeks ago in the table's you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Pause. He uses the cup here, right, as, as like, a, as, as like a, a word picture, but you can't pour greed and self-indulgence into a cup. So clearly he's talking about the Pharisees, the keepers of the law, those that were straight-laced, had their ducks in a row, seemingly. He's saying, you're a vessel. You are a vessel. You're supposed to be carrying something, and on the outside, you shine. On the inside, you're stained with greed and self-indulgence. Verse 26, blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will also be clean. He's very clear of how he feels about hypocrites. What was he trying to say? It's not just what you show on the outside that matters. It's what you have on the inside. We want to live an integrated life, not a compartmentalized life. We want Jesus, the son of the living God, the way, the truth, and the life, the beginning and the end, Jesus Christ, the water, the living water, the bread, the life. You know who I'm talking about. We want him to direct us, guide us, and to fill us with his power, his presence, and his peace. To do that, to do that, we have to be whole. To do that, we have to live in integrity. I don't know that this next thing I'm going to say is a true story. I want to have integrity um, it was told to me by a man I trust. Um, it, it might have been a preacher story. I don't know. But it makes my point, and I'd like to share it with you. So it's story time. Maybe it's true. Maybe It was a man who built houses for a living. <clears throat> Let me pause. Why this, why this story means a lot to me is that that was my father. It was told to me by a preacher that was talking to me at my father's funeral. He said, he, he opened it with, I knew a guy, but preachers say that all the time. I knew a guy, he was the home builder. He was trying to connect with me. My father was a home builder. He said, <clears throat> for 40 years, he built houses. He was the best at it. He was a master carpenter. About 35 years into his career, he said, I think it's time for me to retire. So he said, he went to the boss and he said, I'm going to retire in five years. Oh, man, we hate to lose you, Jim. Okay. 36 years came. Hey, four more years. I just need you to know I'm out. Oh, yeah, yeah, you told us. Okay, yeah, yeah. Three more years, two more years, you get the idea. He said, I just want to spend some time with my wife. And he kept telegraphing his intention. You feel me? Letting everybody know. But at the six-month mark before retirement, The owner of the company came to the man and said, I need you to build me one more house. I need you to build me one more house. And he's like, sweet mother, I told you I'm retiring. I don't want to. He was kind of offended. He's like, man, for four decades, I've built houses, and you're going to come. I've been faithful. I've done this. I've done it with excellence. People come from all over to buy one of our houses. Are you kidding me? I got six months left. I don't want to go out like that. I want to coast on the way out because I don't want to do it. So the owner said, listen, we've been friends a long time. I know you. You know me. You're one of the best, if not the best, in this whole area. I wouldn't ask you to do it if it didn't mean a lot to me. Will you build me one more house? The guy said, fine. But his heart wasn't in it. His heart was in retirement. He said, fine, I'll do it. So he got to work, put together a little team. The guy who normally built the best, now built average at best. He cut corners, not on the outside, but on the inside. Oh, the outside was immaculate. On the inside, he cut some corners. He used products that weren't as good. He didn't take the time on it that he needed to take. You're getting the image in your head. He had no attention to detail, and at the end of the project, the owner came up with a big smile, and he said, I want to tell you, we value your work. Yeah, you got there before I said it. Here's the keys to the new home that you just built. (laughs) See, you thought you would be out of work oh, but your work just started because of a lack of integrity. And the builder recognized what all of us will recognize one day. Hopefully it's today that you are building your own house. Your life, you're building your house. You're not building my house. I'm building my house. You're building your house. And a lack of integrity will cause your house to fall. Fall at best. At worst, you've got to live in a house that was built without integrity. You're building your own house. Every decision you make, every every behavior that you have, how you live, what you say, what you do, you're building. Your own house. I'm just going to ask you to just feel the weight of that for a second. Whether you choose to be generous or selfish in a relationship, you're building your own house. Whether you do what's right or cut corners, you're building your own house. Whether you extend grace or judge people silently even, you're building your own house. Whether you tell the truth about what happened in the story in your life or exaggerate it. You're building your own house, and integrity matters. Parents, let me mention you for a second. You're building your own house, you're building your own legacy, and what happens in your home matters. And I know you know that. I just want to remind you in love integrity matters. You know what I've discovered? I've discovered that the fastest way to raise rebellious kids is to claim one thing and do something different. And might I remind you, they'll let you know. Oh, yeah, they're going to get grounded and they're going to get something taken away from them because, well, you're the boss. But, But, you know, you can eliminate that by having integrity. Amen. One of the quickest ways I've seen, man, I was youth pastor... Pastor Dwayne was a youth pastor for years. Ms. Kim and I, we conversation after conversation about our frustration never came from teaching teenagers. Our frustration came from their parents because how inconsistent, and they would talk to us about it, and I'm like, bro, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't can't do anything about that. I didn't think, I didn't know this phrase then, but what I would love to say is they're building their own house. They're building their own house every day, every decision. We have to make a decision intentionally and strategically not to compartmentalize our life. Amen. So the question I want to ask you today and what I want to end on is, what's your integrity worth? No, it's, it's a fair question. It, it's not a trick question. What's your integrity worth? What's it worth? I want you to think about this for a second. See, many of us, we have a price. And I know, I know, money can't buy me. I get it, I get it. But there's a point in which we will compromise if we're not fully walking in integrity. So what is, what is integrity worth? Because when I ask you that, I, 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 I gotta ask if you lie on a resume to get a job and you make so much a year, let's say you make 50,000, 60,000 a year, whatever, well, that's what your integrity is worth. If you do something for someone who is your friend, so they can get the job making yours isn't even worth the 50 grand. Yours is worth a friend that would ask you to lie. See, let your answers be, yay, or nay, not well. Anytime a sentence starts like that, yep. If you falsify an expense report, again, I ain't, I'm I'm talking to the people on Facebook right now. I ain't talking to you guys. Your integrity might be worth a ream of paper that you took. I need to go. I need to move on. You're looking at me weird right now. I got to get out of the door alive. If you cheat on an exam to get a better grade, well, that's what your integrity's worth. Mom and I went to the movies mm-hmm. last Saturday. <clears throat> Seen the greatest James Bond movie ever made. Um, that's a free plug. If you're watching this, send your merch. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I got there a little, little before Mom because she has to go buy candles, uh, I don't know what that means, but that's that's where she went. So I'm standing there, and somebody was there. I just scanned my deal and got my ticket. Somebody, a a, a dad was coming in with his kids, and and the mom, too, but the mom was carrying all this. You know how it goes. I'm like, carry this stuff, dad. But they're coming in, and he says, he goes, look, 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 look. If they ask, you're 10. Can I see you over here, dad? Because your integrity... Is worth eight bucks. Yeah. Am I right though? Yeah. I'm sorry, you're under conviction? No, I'm just kidding. You're like, I got a lot of kids, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he doesn't do that, okay? I thought, I'm, I was studying this, and I've been on this for a minute, you know, again, just wrestling with the passage. How do I explain this? How can I apply this more importantly? And when that dude said that, I'm like, thank you, God, because there's an example of the lowest level of cashing in your integrity I can even imagine if they ask, you're 10 $8 worth of integrity. Man. Here's my thought. It's our key thought. I'm going to ask you to feel it, and then we're going to read another verse. we're going to go. My thought is this. When you have integrity, nothing else matters. Well, because remember when we read that whole list of things in Psalm 15? That encapsulates your life. Living righteous, living blameless. You get the idea. When you have integrity, nothing else matters. When you don't have integrity, nothing else matters until you get integrity. Because if you don't walk in integrity, everything you try to do will be shaken. Everything that you try to do, you won't feel secure in it. In fact, I suggest that if you are trying to live without integrity, you will just compound the compartmentalized life that you try to live because you have to now start moving the chess pieces in your compartments so that you can put your energy into the one that you're really, really working on. Just tear them all down, take off the masks, and make the decision. You know what, I just gotta be blameless and righteous, not perfect, not work on my reputation, no. Because if I have integrity, then you will be blameless. I didn't say people won't blame you. My big brother, when he would teach about being blameless, he would always say, you'll be Teflon. As they, and people shout the house down. They have them didn't even know what Teflon was. But, but I, that registered with me. Nothing will stick to you. When you're blameless, nothing will stick. You'll be blamed. But see, with integrity, you hold your head up. And you're like... Well, that's not true. Next. Because when you have integrity, nothing else matters. When you don't have integrity, nothing else matters until you get integrity. Psalm 139 contains a very powerful prayer that can be very difficult to pray, and this is where I'm going to turn a corner. I've got a couple things I want to tell us just to imp- apply it. Give me, give me three more minutes and we're out. But I want us to read Psalm a verse, two verses out of Psalm 139. Because this is the prayer I'm going to invite you to pray. I mean, you can't go wrong praying a prayer out of the Bible, right? So this ain't a repeat after me. This is the road I'm trying to get you on. No, the the prayer is very clear. In Psalm 139, verse 23, your Bible says, Search me, God. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. The thoughts that are being shaken, the thoughts that are unsecured. Search me, God, know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24, see if there is any offensive way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting. Oh, well, let me, for context sake, let me paraphrase that. God, is there any part of my life that's compartmentalized? Is there any part of my life that's not integrated around the truth and the goodness of Jesus Christ? If there is, Show me. I love what he says. See if there's an offensive way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting. I'm going to ask you if there's any area in your life that's compartmentalized, it's not on display. I'm also going to ask if you're open to asking God to search your heart. Because listen, if you do, he will. And when he does, this might sting a little. But to me, knowing what we know, knowing we're building our own house, knowing we're selling out our integrity for the lowest common denominator in many cases, to me, it's not worth it. You have to, I have to, every Christ follower listening to this has to make the decision that we are going to live an integrated life, not a compartmentalized life. And there's three areas I want to encourage you to examine very quickly. See if you find yourself in any of these areas. Number one, I'm going to ask you to look where you're the most defensive. Try to be chill. <clears throat> Didn't expect my family to laugh out loud. <clears throat> but since they opened the door, I'll just walk through it. Um, however, <clears throat> me and Ms. Kim could be talking about something. I'm not, I ain't talking about fussing. I'm not talking like, you know, low-key, getting ready to gouge each other's eyes out. I'm, I'm, I'm talking, we're just talking about something that, I'm very passionate about, and she has to tell me, you, you, you got to calm this down. I mean, I'm going to have to call 911 on you because the vein in your forehead sticking out a quarter of an inch. You, that vein in your neck is throbbing right now because my volume begins to go up. And I'm, I'm thankful for, for passion, <laughs> but however, I do... I also find myself using that same level of passion when I'm trying to defend myself. And can I just say, and I, and I know somebody's going to challenge me on this, and, and that's okay. If, I'm just going to tell you now I'm not going to play along if you do, uh, but, but you will not win the argument if I'm defending myself and, 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 I, and I ramp up that fast. No, I, 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 will, I, will, I will win that. I say shamefully, I'm not bragging about that. I'm saying I can get so defensive that I begin, and this is true confession, right? People on Facebook, I'll talk to you because I can't look these folk in the eye and I can't see your eyes. Here's the thing. When, when, when I get defensive, my goal is I gotta verbally kick your legs out from under you. <laughs> Guilty, convicted, yes. So I want to ask you, see, w- 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 thankfully, I'm, thankfully, I'm, God's doing a work in me, and he will complete the work he started. You can hurry. Um, but the reality is I'm asking you to do what I have to do and look at the area that you're the most defensive. That might be the area that God's trying to get you to see. Hey, um, you might be a little compartmentalized in your admitting you're wrong. You might be a little compartmentalized in the way you said what you said. You might be a little compartmentalized in the stuff you're justifying and rationalizing. See, when you ask God to search your heart, he's going to do it. And one of the things he'll bring up is how you defend how you live. Well, you don't know what they said. Yeah, see, doesn't matter. You're building. Yeah, yeah. See, what i found is where I'm the most defensive is where I'm the most vulnerable. Where are you the most defensive? Number two, just straight up ask yourself the hard question. Ask yourself what you don't want others to know. See, because when you ask God to search your heart, you're going to think you came up with that, but it's God saying, here's the compartments that you're hiding in. And you don't want this group to see this and that, and eventually they're going to bleed over into one another and then it's going to get horrible. So just cut to the chase and say, look at where you're the most defensive and ask yourself what you don't want other people to know about you. Where is it in your life that you're hiding something and you're keeping a private life to a degree away from others' knowing? Man, it could be what you watch when no one's around. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to get nitpicky. It might be the language you handle when you're not around me. It, it, it might be, you, you follow me? Not that I'm the, the gauge. I'm just saying it's funny. People connect differently when they get around me. But I'm interested to know. What don't you want others to know? What if they knew how you talk to your wife? What if they knew how you talk to your husband? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not guilty there because I don't even talk to her. <laughs> mm. You see what happened right there? I, ha- I had to lighten it up, Dwayne. They were coming at me for a second. Uh, let, me just, let me just drop the last hammer and we'll just go home. Okay, number three. You just read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ask yourself what you criticize in others. And I found that what you criticize the hardest could be a reflection of where you're the weakest. I know that's a big global statement, but I'm just asking you to consider it. Search my heart, God. See if there's any offensive way in me. What do you do when God shows you what's on the inside is very different than what's on the outside, well, I encourage you to acknowledge the area. I mean, I know it's simple, but just, man, say, search me, God, then pray, and then I encourage you to listen. I know these are very fundamental things, but listen, acknowledge any area where your actions are inconsistent with what God's word teaches. Again, maybe you exaggerate about a story. Maybe you talk really bad about people to make yourself feel better. Maybe you gossip, but you try to make it sound like prayer requests. And then, and then once he's brought it up, once you've asked and he's brought it up, you've got to let him mold you. You've, you. As hard as it will be because it will be painful, but integrity is worth it because if you don't have integrity, you, nothing else matters. Let him forgive you. Let him forgive you. No, let him forgive you before you start making a gazillion changes in your life. Because it's not about behavior modification. It's about being made whole. Let him forgive you. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, and that doesn't mean a laundry list of name and everything. It's simply saying, you're right, God, and I'm wrong. And my life's not living up to the code. I'm not complete. I'm not whole. I'm not one. My life is not integrated with you, God. I confess that. I agree with you on what you say about me. I agree with you, God, in what you have spoken to me after you searched my heart. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins. Oh, and if it stopped there, it made me run around this room. Oh, but it only says, and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So even though you lived compartmentalized, you lived your life was siloed. When you're forgiven, they tumble. And you're one. You have to let him forgive you. But you also have to let him change you. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if anyone be in Christ... They are what? A brand new creation or a new creature. It's not a remodel. It's not a do-over in the sense of a little makeup here, a little change in attire there. No, you are made brand new. You are a brand new creature. It's like you never were. You have to let him change you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things, all old things are passed away. All old things are passed away. All old things and all things become what? Say it again. Say it again. And you can experience the power, the presence and the peace of Almighty God in your life. And then when you try to start building new compartments and you might lay a brick here and a brick there, oh, you're going to know The Spirit of God is going to prick your heart. You're going to read a verse. You're going to have to be honest. You're going to have to go to someone and say, you know what? I said this, I thought this, I did this. Because integrity matters. Integrity matters. I just want to pray with you. Can you bow your heads? Father, I'm asking you to do surgery on us. I'm I'm asking you to. God, I I can't ask for them. God, I know I do it sometimes and it's it's a miss. It's it's not it's not accurate. So I'm not gonna ask for them. They have to ask for themselves. But God, I'm gonna ask you to search my heart. Are there any offenses? God, I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be a husband of integrity, a dad, a grandpa, a friend. Yes, a pastor of integrity. Oh, because it matters. And I can't skirt the rules. I can't bend a little this way or that way. Father, I pray for my friends, my brothers and sisters, my family. God, I pray that they would just evaluate what their integrity is worth. because Saving face ain't worth it. Saving a reputation ain't worth it. Because you know us. You know our hearts. God, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that you are You're always extending grace. And Father, I pause. Because I just, I sense in my spirit, you, you are talking. You are talking to folks today. And God, nothing I have to say is more important than that. Those of you here in the building, those of you watching online who say, yes, God, search my heart, show me, I want to be open to what you say to me, I want to be willing, would you just raise your hand right now, because I just want to pray with you, that's all, I don't don't need to know anything that's happening with you, just, yes, Jeff, I I, I need this, I need this, I, I know I'm saved, this ain't about my salvation, this is about my integrity, and I need God to search my God bless you and you all, all over this building. Father, oh. you see it. God, you've you seen it. You already knew it. Oh, God, just give. Give us the courage. To confess. you and to others if needed and God help them just allow you to forgive them God help them forgive themselves tear down the silos Maybe you're here. You're like, PJ, I'm just I'm just a mess, bro. I'm just a mess. Well, welcome to the island of misfit toys. Maybe you you want God to search your heart. And that may be a desire. But as soon as you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, you were convicted by the Spirit of God in a loving, gentle, kind way that you don't even exist in a relationship with Him. You're, you're trying to clean up the outside before the inside. And you say, Jeff, that's me. I feel upside down. I feel drawn into a relationship with Jesus, but I know I'm such a mess. You know, the same grace it took to forgive me is available to you. Jeff, I need Jesus to change me, to save me. I've got questions. I need answers. My relationship with Jesus is wounded at best and fractured at worst. But today, I start at ground zero because of what Jesus Christ did on a cross. I start at ground zero and I say yes to Jesus to radically transform me, to save me, to regenerate me. Today, I want to start a relationship with Jesus afresh. If that's you, while everyone in this room is praying, just move your hand so that I can see it. I'm going to celebrate with you and we're going to pray. I'm not going to call your name. I'm not coming back to you. I have nobody in the back watching for hands. Say, Jeff, today, I start a new walk with Jesus Christ. I don't understand it. I'm a little freaked out over it. But I know that's my next step. God bless you. Believe this, Father. We know that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty of my stinking sin debt We know that he bore it. We know they killed him. He put him in a hole in a a hill and three days later he rose again and he's now with you. God, thank you. Thank you for paying for my debt. God, forgive us. Forgive me. I surrender all to you. I relinquish any control that I thought I had on my life. I will begin a journey with you on a road of this integrity. Oh, but first, I have to join you on this journey. You've called me to come. Jesus, I'm coming. I say yes to you. I make you my savior. Make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Speak to me. I will listen. In Jesus' name. Before we dismiss, if you made a decision for the Lord today, I'm going to ask you to pull out the card in front. Look, we don't keep score but we want to know how to pray for you. This is a big deal to me. Pull out that connection card. Whatever information you're comfortable giving us in terms of your name or whatever. But I'd love to know the decision you made. And you have my word that we'll be praying for you. And if there's questions that you need answered, we want to answer them. We want to be a part of your journey on the road to being a totally committed Christ follower. As you exit today, I'm just going to ask you to stay in an attitude of prayer. I look across this room, and people are, are still praying. Me discussing my plans for my afternoon with you are not as important as that. So I'm going to ask you, as you leave, keep your conversations in the foyer, please. Stay in an attitude of prayer as long as you need. Facebook, thanks for joining us. Body Dayton, thank you. God bless you.